It's so fascinating to me how ingrained other people's behaviors and belief systems becomes inside of ourselves from a very young age. That's obviously not <laughs> new information to any of us, right? But lately, uh, lately, y'all, I have... I have been, I don't know, I don't, I don't know how to describe this. Um, a layer has been emerging in my own kind of inner work and healing. And I'm recognizing just how disconnected from my own inner voice I've been. Now, don't check out when I say the words like inner voice, okay? Because I would. I'd be like, shut the fuck up. And I'd just like turn. Because I don't, I don't like how some people use some of this terminology and like where they take it. I just don't like a lot of people if we're being honest. <laughs> Can we chat about that real quick? Why don't we start there? Let's chat about that real quick. Don't worry. I've got my post-it note with bullet points. So I'll get back on track. Uh, about our patterns, okay? Let me just make a note to myself here. Amy, make sure... <laughs> I'm not playing right now, by the way. I'm actually writing this. Because the thing is, is like I'm realizing also as I get older, and maybe this is why like, you know, old people have so many fucking supplements they take. I will immediately forget something if I do not write it down immediately. Like, I retain nothing. No, that's not true. I retain information when I'm in a session with an individual. I retain information in conversations with people. I don't retain my own thoughts. <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's what's happening to me. Hold on. Bear with me here. I got to make a note to myself before I get off track. Okay, on the topic of disliking people, obviously not you. You're, you are, what is, um, you are, I, see, brain dead. I don't even, exempt. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, we are only one cup of coffee in, so it's fine. That's the excuse. Anyway, I, I, lately, not lately, maybe in the last year, this this episode is going really well, by the way. <laughs> in the last year, I have found myself more and more, and, and I've mentioned this in the last few episodes of this podcast, saying, saying out loud to myself on social media, are you stupid? And then, like, knowing I will never say that out loud, obviously, those are just my judgments that are coming out in that moment or my annoyance, or my lack of boundaries. Like, that's what that is, and I'm well aware of it. I'm also cognizant of the fact, like, I'm not walking around calling other people stupid to their faces. <laughs> Just kidding. Although, a lot of people call me stupid to my face, so I don't understand the hypocrisy in this world. That's another thing. Okay, here's, here's the deal. I was having a conversation with B the other day. No, like a week ago. That's the other day in Amy world. And I, and she was telling me a story. She was. And she goes, you know, Amy, it's just like, I just keep thinking to myself how stupid people are. And I looked at her and my eyes lit up like a child seeing the ice cream truck. <laughs> and I said, I can't believe you just said that. And she goes, what? In her little British accent. I'm like, well... I say this to myself all the time. I go, what is that? I go, are people stupid? Or is this just like, is this just that moment that I'm like super judgy? And she goes, no, you know what I think? And this, this, this I like was like, I'm in complete agreement with, okay? It made so much sense to me. There's so much logic in what I'm about to say. She goes, I think that a lot of people got emotionally stunted right around the pandemic. And then she elaborated and, and explained 
we no longer, for a period of time, and for other people, a longer period of time, had to go face to face and interact with other people. Like people had to stay home, right? And if they lived alone, they probably, a lot of people, uh, were not seeing anyone else physically in person. There was FaceTimes, there was phone calls, there was social media, obviously. But there wasn't that face-to-face contact, therefore there wasn't that face-to-face interaction, which we all know is very different than an interaction via text, on the phone, or even on FaceTime. And why? Why is that different? Because somebody can just hang up the phone on you when they're not happy anymore or when they're annoyed. But when you're face-to-face in an office and someone says some bullshit that you don't like, it's kind of weird if you just silently turn and walk away. Now, for comedic purposes, I would fucking laugh. Like, if we watched that on a sitcom, that would probably be funny, right? With a laugh track behind it. But in real person, like, let's be real. You're not probably going to do that. In most contexts, you're not going to do that. You're going to be like, I don't even know how to handle this situation. Or you're going to have to try to find a way, hear me out, to have some dialogue about it. People have forgotten, this is per B, and I thousand percent agree, how to have healthy debates. You see, what is the messaging that we get when we're on social media? The messaging is block the things you don't like. Delete the people. Unfollow. Just ignore the DMs. Now, I'm over here like fighting the good fight and being like, that's not how you relationship, people. Like that works in specific settings. That's not how you relationship with your family that you want to have a relationship with or your partner or your friends. You don't just delete, block, hang up the minute somebody says some shit that pisses you off or that you fundamentally disagree with. Let me tell you, how many times a day, for me personally, somebody says some shit that I fundamentally disagree with? Let me tell you how many times a day my own partner or best friends or family shares something with me and I think in my head, I don't agree. I do not agree. If I was somebody who was like, "Uh, the minute you don't agree with everything I say, the minute you don't believe in everything I believe in, the minute you don't see the world through the same exact lens as me, I am cutting you off. I would have no one. I think that's some big food for thought for a lot of people out there. And mind you, if you know somebody who does that, I'm going to challenge you to send them a link to this episode because I don't hear anyone talking about this either. Now, clearly, I'm going to go in another direction on this episode in a minute, but this is an important conversation and... I could just scrap the rest of the episode if we want, but like it would be a little bit ranty at this point if I just stayed on this topic. It's important to recognize that, yeah, blocking can be a healthy way to uphold a boundary, but that comes with a lot of other stuff that you have to recognize, right? Like I could block a stranger following my business page because listen to all the context that I just gave you. It's a business it's social media, they're a stranger, they, I get to decide who works with me and who speaks to me, and like, and then beyond that, with my courses or my programs where I don't have to have personal contact with you, anyone can sign up for that, but clearly someone jumping in my comments who's attacking me or my character or telling me to kill myself or whatever they're saying to me, which they all do say, by the way, you might not always see them because she deletes them. I can do that in that context because it makes sense in that context. And like, no, I'm not, I'm not necessarily going to sit down and try to have a healthy debate with somebody who jumps in, has never met me, has never talked to me. And it's just attacking my character, what I put in a caption or a post. On the flip side, someone jumps in the comments and they say, hey, 
I don't know if I did agree with what you shared on slide four, but would you mind answering this question so I could better understand where you're coming from? That's what's missing. That is severely lacking in today's society. That is, it has flown right out the window since we all had the joy and the pleasure, that is sarcasm for those who can't read tone, of staying home for, God, for some people, a year or two or whatever it was, right? So let's practice. A, I mean, let's let's in, engage in conversation. Let's learn how to ask questions when we don't understand something or if we disagree. Maybe instead of attacking or, you know, just inquire and say, huh, that's interesting. I never looked at it that way. Or I'm curious. People like lack curiosity. They don't want to understand other people. They just want to, I mean, I hate to to say this word. I hate to say it. I hate to say it because it's like a trendy word, but like they love to just cancel people. You know why? Because they don't have the tools or the skill. That's why people do that. They don't have the tools or the skill set to communicate, to navigate and maneuver a conversation where somebody is not just blindly staring at them with a smile and nodding their head. I mean, if you're one of those people, this is is not to shame you. It's to help you realize like, bro, I got stunted somewhere and maybe I need to start getting out in the world and having more conversations and mindfully practicing when somebody says something that I don't understand, that I don't agree with, that I don't like, don't attack. Like, do you know how many more people would be educated on misogyny or transphobia or any of those things that, that you know, are, are like happening in the world these days, like topics that come up that are really, really, really important topics? Do you know how many people, more people would be educated if somebody who had that knowledge sat down and instead of just saying you're transphobic or you're misogynistic or you're fatphobic, if they sat down and they said, hey, I want to understand where you're coming from and maybe why you communicated it this way and then help you understand why that falls into this category. And maybe then you teach somebody how to be better which is what I attempt to do in my own scope of work here on social media, right? Like instead of being the, the, the life coach, I'm making air quotes and saying it very sarcastically because everybody mocks my title, y'all. Uh, instead of being the, the professional, if you will, who's like dump them, block them, delete them, I instead answer with, uh, thoughtfulness and sincerity and the the intent of validating somebody's feelings and thoughts and experience and maybe leaving them with a little nugget of wisdom, a little bit of education, a little bit of an action step or a solution for them. I don't like people to come into my world, my sphere, wherever it is, social media, my my home, my personal life, meeting me in a room. I don't like people entering my world and leaving empty-handed. And, you know, that could garner a whole nother conversation about, well, your smile leaves them full of light. Shut the front door. Anyway, that's, that's about 11 minutes on that topic. So let's just totally pivot to the other one. But that's my rant for the day. I'm reading my post-it note. Amy, make sure to return to how dis how disconnected. <laughs> couldn't even read my own words. From your inner voice, you are. Ugh. Well, so lately I've been noticing this like new layer, as I was saying earlier, emerging. And it's brought to my attention like how many ways I still, to this day, am living by the standards that somebody else has set for me. 
okay? Now, I'm going to give you, I'll give you a few examples as I talk, but what's interesting about this is a couple things. Number one, when you realize something about yourself, no matter whereabouts you are in your life at that point, there can often be this like feeling of shame and embarrassment almost. Uh, and, and that's just with yourself, like, or you and your therapist or you and your life coach or you and whoever, right? Like this like feeling of embarrassment can come up or ju- self-judgment can come up feeling like, how did I not know this sooner? Or how was I not aware of this yet, right? And I've been doing so, everybody always kind of goes down that path of, I've been doing this self-improvement work or this trauma healing work for X amount of years, right? Like fill in the blank for your situation. And I feel that too. And so I just wanna, I, I want some, want some empathy here as I go to my next thought, which is when you sit privately or just with your therapist or life coach in a private environment and it's safe and secure to talk about it and you feel those ways, Add in what I might feel after I have that private moment, and then I decide I'm gonna share it publicly for the <laughs> for the sake of like helping others. Holy shit! It it just like oh, it heightens it heightens that emotion, and I've learned how to move through it in sharing things with you, but. It's hard. It's hard, especially if we go back to that other topic I was just talking about real quick. It's hard when you know that there's going to be just always, there's always one that's going to say something to you. Like uh, recently, I've had some people try to like diagnose me when I share something that's like honest or vulnerable. And it's like, bro, I don't, I don't even diagnose people. And I am a professional helping people. Like I'm not qualified to do that. Nor are you. Get out of my comments with your, you know, with your labels because I just don't subscribe to them personally. Anyway, uh, it comes with all of this like shame and judgment and whatever, whatever, whatever. So I'm sitting here and probably for the last like two weeks now, this has been like slowly presenting itself to me. And that's how I'll put it because that's how it's felt like Every day, little by little. And I wasn't really aware of what was kind of like unveiling itself to me until the last few days. And so so as I've come to realize, like, and this is how I put it together, by the way. In the last few days, I suddenly had this like realization. I've been talking about um, maybe possibly wanting to get a tattoo. I have, just for your knowledge, no tattoos and I have my ears pierced, and then I have a second hole in both my ears, but as you'll see, or if you watch any video of me, you never see me wear a, a earring in those second holes because my ears are super sensitive. The Anyway, that's a different topic of conversation. I don't have any of, like, any other piercings, no tattoos, and that's because, here's the piece that I'm getting at, I was raised that way, okay? Now, I'm going to get back to that in a second, but hear me out. So out of no, I've been saying since my dog died, since Dewey passed away in the beginning of 2020, I have said and alluded, and I never had this before that moment in time, but that was like a significant moment in my life. I've never said I wanted a tattoo. I never felt inclined Like, there was nothing I liked enough to want permanently on my body. You know, like, if I liked something a lot, that often, like, changed pretty quickly in a matter of a few months. So it never came up for me, and that's that's that. Then my dog died, and I, in my grieving process, started to allude to the fact that, like, if I were, and that's kind of how I spoke about it, if I were ever to get a tattoo, it would have to be about him. And I don't know what it would be, probably just like numbers, his birthday, something like that, a little tiny, tiny paw print. I don't know. But that's kind of like, just so you understand, that was like the way I was talking about it and thinking about it. But it was never a priority. It's not a priority. It wasn't a priority at all. And then I really didn't think about it. 
And then all of a sudden, recently, in the last couple of weeks, the thoughts have kind of returned, but they're not attached to Dewey anymore. Now it's coming directly from me, and I'm like, I think I really want a tattoo. And it's just in my head. I don't say it out loud. And then I'm like, I ask myself, like, why and what of and what for and blah, 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 because I have to be connected to everything I do. I have to understand it. And the answer was immediate. Whereas before, you know, I would allude to things and then it felt like force and effort to be like, I don't know what I would want. It could be this. It could be this, which might sound and, and, and be normal for a lot of us. But that feels like force compared to when something just emerges very naturally for you in your thoughts. And you're like, I know exactly what I want and I know why I want it. Boom, like immediate attachment, alignment, alignment to that thing. And so it's like in the last few weeks, I was like, I know exactly. And it wasn't, it's crazy because like it's not new, but it is new and significant in other ways. I think you know what I mean, but I'm going to keep going for a second. What's not new is that feeling of connection and alignment to something right? That's what a lot of people know as like manifestation, right? When you are completely aligned with something, then it comes to you. And comes to you doesn't necessarily mean it appears out of thin air when you wave a magic wand. Comes to you means like sometimes you take action towards it to make it happen because now you are very clear. The takeaway there is Get off the magical words. They're not going to help you. They're actually going to hinder you. Focus on getting clear. That's the simplistic version of this, and it's going to change your life if you just remove the word manifestation. You remove the word alignment, even though alignment is the word to help you understand what that feeling of connection and clarity feels like, okay? What you want to always do in your life, in every nook and cranny of your life, is get very clear about what you want and why you want it. Be connected to it. And what the breakdown of that is, like, if you ever hear me, which you do often, talk about setting boundaries, I tell you to identify your values. Again, I give you exercises on how to do this in my boundary setting course, which you can access at amyfiedler.com. And you can use those, you, mind you, you can use those exercises for any area of your life, but that's specific to boundaries. Get clear on your values and understand the, the positive and negative ripple effect of why this is important to you versus why you cannot be exposed to that type of behavior or communication. I had a client the other day, oh my God, all I needed was one, all I needed was one. I had this client out of nowhere, we're in the middle of a session, and and honestly, like I didn't think she was talking about me at first. Out of nowhere, she just goes, Amy, I spend every morning um, sitting down and like taking these really detailed notes because I'm, I'm taking this really great boundary setting course. Honestly, it went right over my fucking head at first. I was, I was just like thinking to myself what I normally think when someone's like, I listened to this great episode from this person. My first thought is like, why are you telling me? Why are you telling me? I clearly do this work for a living, not not for nothing. I appreciate other people's opinions too, but you don't need to tell me about that. <laughs> if you're talking to me, let's talk about the work I do and how it's impacting you. I don't need to know about so-and-so's book that you loved. I'm glad you loved it. I'm glad it helped you. I don't need to hear about it. I just don't. It's almost like in, inconsiderate to, to do to a professional. To be like, walk into your therapist's office and tell your therapist about all the other great therapists you've worked with. And that therapist is sitting in front of you going, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, <laughs> I'm the one doing the work and you're praising everyone else. Anyway, different rant for a different day. This client says this to me. I totally miss it. It goes right over my head. And then as... As right as she started talking again, I went, oh, my gosh, she's talking about me. (laughs) And she says, Amy, 
I have to tell you, like that exercise, identifying your values and tracking the ripple effect or identifying the ripple effect. I don't remember how I specifically named the exercise, but it's ripple effect. Uh, She's like, I, I sat down and I started doing this and I just was like, Full of so much emotion that I didn't even know existed inside of me. Like you weren't lying when you said in the course that it's a lot and you're going to have to take breaks. And you gave specific instructions on how long to spend on certain things and then walk away and return to it the next day because the emotional overwhelm that you can feel doing some of these exercises can shut you down or send you into fight or flight. And I was like, yeah. She goes, it was life-changing. I sat down and I started identifying these things that honestly, I thought I had it kind of figured out until I sat down to do this. And it made me aware of so much more in my life that I have yet to address. And then when I did, after I identified the values and I started doing the ripple effect, I have never heard of this concept before. And I started laughing and I go, cause I made it up. Do is it should I I'm gonna say this one time. The systems and the processes and the things I teach, I created. Now they're not new concepts, clearly. I didn't make up fight or flight mode. Clearly, I didn't make up how your nervous system works. My processes, what I teach you, how to set a boundary and like the how-to. Here's these steps, do these exercises. I made up. Those are proprietary to me. I I did that from what I had to teach myself. Nobody taught me those things. I taught me, I created a system that I knew worked for me, and then I gave it to you. And she's like, well, my God, it's just so incredible. She's like, and it makes so much sense. And I'm like, and that's what I aim for. And honestly, she went on and on. And and I am just so appreciative. But also, like, sometimes you make these things and like, I'm not, I'm getting a little off track, but hear me out. I'm not, I'm not selling, you know, like an exercise program where, you know, you might feel a physical shift in your body, a a significant one, right? Like, oh, that that reduced pain, or I see a difference in my, the mobility in my arm or whatever, like physical changes for people tend to be way more significant than emotional because they're tangible. And so it's easier to sell something to people, right? And, and show them how, how impactful something can be when there's a physical change. But when there's an emotional change, it's much deeper. And most people are not in tune with their emotions, don't prioritize their emotions. So what happens is you sell something and, you know, I get feedback, but but it's different feedback than people who are like, I no longer have hip pain, Right. For me, people are like, oh my God, that changed my relationship significantly with my mother. And now I see her completely. And it's like, that's almost way more powerful than the pain not being there because it was that that caused the pain to be there. That was the root. Like I addressed the root. The pain was the symptom from what stemmed, what connected to that root or that infected root, we'll say. Anyway, okay, so so let me just <laughs> go back. I I love to talk to you guys. I'm sorry. I This is how I talk in real life. I jump all over the place and I'm like, what was I saying? I was talking about how like this new layer was emerging and I was sharing with you about the tattoos and how I started to realize this new layer was kind of like coming out of me and the significance of it, okay? I'll get to the point quickly here. So in the last few weeks, I started to realize like I had this direct connection to like, and this thought, this just unsolicited thought that emerged of like, I think I really want a tattoo. And what was connected to that thought process was it would feel like I was more me. That's so new. 
That's like, I can't even tell you how profound that thought is in and of itself. Okay. And those who get it, get it. And who, those who don't, or it went right over your head, hang tight. That was profound in and of itself because what it signified to me was like, I still don't feel like me in this body. So there's a disconnect happening and it can come from your thoughts about yourself and how you identify in this world, your thoughts about yourself and how you identify as yourself, and other people's thoughts that have been planted inside of you, right? What other people told you is right or wrong. What other people told you you should and should not do. And that doesn't have to come just from childhood. That can come from adulthood, okay? We're going to use a new term around here. It's not always just childhood trauma. There is adulthood trauma as well. And and in relational trauma is just like occurring in any type of your relationships. So now we know. The more you know, now you know. I started to to realize, oh my God, like, so there's like, there's a disconnect still happening. No wonder. And that then branched out, right? Because this is what happens when you suddenly realize something about yourself. It's a it's a tree with tons of fucking branches. And so that then went to, oh my God, that makes so much sense as to why I feel all of these ways. Now that's going to be hard to put into words to you because these are authentic feelings that kind of just exist inside of me. And I don't usually, I don't say them out loud, quite frankly, to anyone, but I'll try. It's like, I've, I, that feeling of looking in the mirror and knowing you are beautiful, having the verbal affirmation from ex, from external sources say you're beautiful, but you're disconnected between what, what you know you're seeing and what they're saying, don't diagnose me. Just hear me out because I don't work with, di- with the labels. Uh, <laughs> someone's going to be like, that's how di- body dysmorphia feels. Okay, maybe. I don't live like that. I don't work like that. I don't want to be boxed into a label. It doesn't help me personally. What helps me is just understanding it and then I move through it. That's how I overcome it. So I'm like, okay, I that kind of makes sense. I don't feel connected to my body. I don't feel as I like I'm living as as my truth feels like it wants to live or express, right, or show up. I have felt for years, if not more, that there's this part of me that every once in a blue moon just starts poking at me inside and it's like, you need to let a little more out now. You need to let, and that's how it feels. You need to let a little more out now. And I'm kind of like, I don't know what the fuck that means. Like, you want me to be louder? You want me to speak up more about something? Like, I don't know how to express myself differently to like meet this need that that needs to be met inside of me. And it's making so much sense because then that branched off to, well, why would I like, what is it about a tattoo? It's not about the tattoo. It's it's I have hindered myself from living at it's hard to say. I have hindered myself from living authentically in a way that I personally subscribe to. My parents, when I was younger and then as we got older, was reinforced, were very much, and and this is not right or wrong, this is their beliefs, were very much like no tattoos, no piercings. No tattoos, no piercings. I was raised to be an obedient child. They thought obedience was respect. It's not. But So I was raised to obey. When someone tells me to do something at that age, I did it. So they said no tattoos. I might battle it. Like why? What for? I want to understand. But I didn't ever really get an understanding. Just like they're not good. They're bad. It wasn't even a religious thing because we weren't like that. It was just they didn't believe it. And in it. So I didn't do it. And then I remember like we had my sister and I both had our ears pierced. And we at one point, I don't remember what age, we wanted a second hole in our ears. And my mom said, my mom was a little more easygoing with this stuff. And she was like, you can get it, but you have to ask your father. And so that was always like intimidating. We had to go to dad and we had to stand in front of him 
and and my dad doesn't give straight answers sometimes he stares at you very stoically then he then he asks sarcastic questions and he plays like a little game with you i've talked about this before so it was like this is going to exhaust me and also like i don't know what he's going to say he reluctantly said we could but he wasn't too pleased about it but he was like fine if you really want to fine and so we went we got our second holes done and then I was like, okay, nudge the boundary a little bit, right? Like stepped outside the comfort zone a little bit. I'm good. I think I can live like this the rest of my life. I, I, I like for years as I got older, I said, I would say to myself, I like being one of few people in this world who still does not, you know, it's actually rare these days that someone doesn't have any tattoos on their body at all and maybe never consider it. We exist, but it's few and far between if somebody's always got like one right and I didn't and I liked being different so I was like this is the minority I'd like to be in the minority not the majority that was for some reason my mindset and I I didn't realize honestly until I mean there was a piece of me that was like I'm not doing it because I was kind of taught this but I had convinced myself and truthfully maybe I did believe this for a period of time that I was comfortable in my own skin and this is who I was. And I, I truly think, though, to just backtrack on what I said, that we go through these phases where it's not like I've lived a lie. It's like where I was at for X amount of years was where I was at. That's what I thought, felt, believed. That was my truth. Now, can I tap into the fact that there was a discomfort and a disconnect inside of me? Again, this is not about a tattoo. I'm going to get there. Don't worry. I can acknowledge that there was always this gnawing disconnect inside of me of like, let her out a little more, let her out a little more. And I just kind of like was able to silence it and get by with maybe expressing myself in another way. And I'm realizing this connects to a bigger thing in my life. And what that connects to is this ingrained pattern, right? I mentioned to you the obedience, right? There was a ton of people pleasing in my life and in all my relationships. That obedience was there, that people pleasing was there. So that's been there since childhood, that's been there in friendships, that's been there in all my romantic relationships with my siblings and so on and so forth. It even showed up for a period of time when I first started my business. Like I would really just like, I had no boundaries when I started with clients and now I have very good clear boundaries. Needless to say, that's always existed inside of me. This this need to please and appease, to manipulate you into not disliking me, not not abandoning me. Like I had myself convinced that if I just do everything that I know you like and say everything or become everything that I know you approve of, then you'll never leave me or attack me or shame me or dislike me. That clearly didn't fucking work. Not a good not a good path to take, okay? So after, after going through pretty abusive relationships with that pattern engraved in me, in, ingrained in me, she can't speak sometimes, and, and then coming out the other side of those abusive kind of traumatizing experiences, I was still living, here's the bigger connection, with this mindset that there must be like a right and wrong way to do things stemming back to my childhood of like it's it's wrong to get tattooed or pierced. And again, my parents didn't really say those words. That was how I interpreted you can't have tattoos or piercings. Mind you, my sister, when she went to college, went and got her belly button pierced and hit it. Every time she came home for the summer, we went on a vacation, like took the belly button piercing out when she put a bathing suit on because nobody wanted to deal with the questions. And then my sister, because my brother and I don't have any tattoos, my sister got tattoos. She's the oldest, by the way. Uh, she got tattoos. And I remember thinking, I don't know how she's going to hide this one. And she was able to because it was on her wrist. Uh, so she was able to kind of put 
bracelets. And then at some point in time, she just like stopped hiding it. And it was just like she showed up with the belly button piercing and, and the tattoo. And then she got more tattoos. And I noticed as my parents got older, they didn't say anything. Like, obviously, they can't. She's a grown-ass woman living on her own, you know, paying her own bills. But it did kind of register inside of me of, like, this is kind of fascinating. Like, how we are told these rules in our childhood homes, most of us, I can't say everybody, most of us, we're, we're told these are the rules you follow, right? This, these are the guidelines for living. This is right in this household. This is wrong in this household. For us, it was yelling and screaming at people when you disagree with them is right. It's acceptable behavior. Nobody liked it. That was what we did in the house. When you took those rules outside the house, they didn't fucking fit. They didn't work. I couldn't go yell at my friends because they were like not dealing with that. I didn't do that, but you know what I mean. And so it's interesting how some of these you just kind of sweep aside and don't think they're that big of a deal. Like I truly didn't think any of this was a big deal. And what it connects to is a much larger message to me. Not, oh, I'm going to run out and get a tattoo. I am. (laughs) I am. But what it connects to is much, much bigger. How many different ways in my life am I still living by some of these rules that were planted inside of me? Somebody else's mindset, somebody else's view of the world, somebody else's belief system. How many other ways? And now that I have released a lot of stored trauma from my body, it's almost allowing me to access kind of like, I don't want to make it sound so fucking fancy, but it is like almost letting me access deeper levels that I couldn't access because my body was too tense or was still in fight or flight in some situations. Like I'm accessing deeper levels in my romantic partnership now and I'm seeing things differently and it's making me reflect on like, whoa, it's so, it's kind of magical how it shifts as you, as you like peel back a new layer. I'm, I'm, feeling more gratitude in my romantic partnership as I as I stand in the present moment where as and I can tell you this confidently whereas there was still layers of paranoia and insecurity and panic and questions of is this right or wrong it what is everyone else doing so the take-home message is this We as children, and I always start there, and I have to put the disclaimer that that obviously not everybody, I cannot put a voice to everybody's situation. The majority grew up, and as a child, your parents or your guardian's voice becomes the louder voice in your head in most situations. Those are the situations I'm speaking to. But you don't realize that you, as you get older, that other people's voices that you have elevated in your life to be important or significant for whatever reason, to some degree, it could be a stranger on the internet, it could be me for crying out loud, it could be a romantic partner, that's the case for most people, it could be a friend, whoever it is, sometimes we elevate these people and their voice also joins the voices from our childhood and becomes the voice that we live by and acquiesce to, shape ourselves, mold ourselves to be, become. And that you could tell I'm not scripted because like I'm thinking as I'm talking, like this is all just stream of consciousness here. And so when I stumble over a word, just forgive me. I judge myself, but you forgive me, okay? Because that's what's happening. I'm just it's coming out of me as I think about it. So, so we... <laughs> We do. I don't know why I do that because then I get off track. (laughs) So we've got all these voices piling up inside of us. And you know what? Every time we acquire a new voice and we prioritize it above ourself, if you've got people-pleasing patterns or any level of trauma or abuse, you have got layers of this. Your voice is that bottom effing layer. And everything else is compiled on top of it. And so whose voice do you think you're hearing every day when you react and respond or look out into the world? Usually 
for the most of us, not always ours. So when you think about the things and you reflect on the things of like, why do I do this? First, go to all the other voices that you prioritize in your head. And I say this to every single client. I have said it for decades and I'll continue to say it. Ask yourself first. Always ask yourself first. Whose voice is that? Whose voice is that? No, I'm sure you might have read it in a book somewhere. I didn't. I would I would credit when credit is due. I didn't read that somewhere. I I decided that one for myself. But if you read it somewhere else, cool. They decided that too or they learned I didn't. <laughs> I hate that I have to say a disclaimer every 15 minutes. So ask yourself whose voice is that? Always, 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 always. Once you do that, then go deeper. What do I think? If you are a trauma or abuse survivor, let me just make this very clear. You probably have a deep disconnect from your own voice. So if you are, and I know so many people are going to get the goosebumpies now, if you are walking around going, well, I don't know what's healthy or what's not. What do I, what am I even supposed to do? What is this supposed to look like? Like, is this a normal relationship or is this not a normal? That's a very normal pattern after trauma and abuse for a trauma survivor. Okay, I do it too. Why do we do that? Because we're not connected to ourselves. We don't trust ourselves because we've been through something. So we don't trust our gauge or our view of the world. We don't trust our own perspective. We don't trust our own belief system at all. We need somebody else's voice. Let me tell you how harmful that's going to be to you. Okay, let me tell you what's going to help you. Number one, If you're going to listen to anyone's voice, only listen to the education on what is right or wrong or what is healthy or not or what is harmful or not. In other words, don't go to people, your friends, your family, your partner, anyone, and ask them, is this right or is this wrong? Is this normal? Is this not? Do not do that to yourself. What you're doing is you're putting on another layer of somebody else's voice that eventually you're going to have to peel back. What you want to do is educate yourself, frame the question or find the content online. It's all on my social media. Okay, not toot my own horn, but I would follow my social media if you want education. Take my courses if you want education, because I don't take your voice from you. I know the harm that causes. Find the education of how do I figure out what is healthy for me? How do I figure out what is right for me? How do I figure out what I want? What do I value? What feels good? What doesn't? Let me give you a little hint here. I'm sorry that this is going to sound a little salesy, but this is exactly the purpose of those worksheets and exercises in the boundary course because it's going to tune you directly into your voice. I didn't plan to be able to make that connection for you. (laughs) So take it and run with it. When you can start, because, because here's the thing. I never, I never included in my, what am I, what, what is right for me and what isn't? Okay. Because this is kind of my life's work. So I just like let it unfold naturally. So I didn't sit down and force out Like, why don't I like tattoos? Because it wasn't a priority. It wasn't a priority. You know what became a priority that then connected me somehow to the tattoo topic? What became a priority was feeling more like myself, speaking more from an authentic place, not catering and overgiving to everyone in my life honoring myself more. Those were my priorities. So I started to sit down and reflect on all the ways that I wasn't honoring myself. You see how I got there? I started to ask myself, how can I feel more like me? How can I dress more like me? How can I, and what happened, and I'm going to end on this note, what happened was a snowball effect of suddenly I got inspired and I sat down and I was like, Wow, I don't need any of this makeup. 
I have very clear understanding now of the exact products that I like that I use. Why am I holding on to all these other things? Just in case. But why? Because so-and-so said, because so-and-so liked this on you, because blah, 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 what all the other reasons that were my voices. I threw out little, I, I have small little um, shoebox size like Rubbermaid containers that I organize and store all of our stuff under our bathroom sinks. Like it's how I keep everything. It's all labeled. I am psychotic like that. And I had one with extra makeup that I never opened, touched, nothing. It just stored in there. Threw it all out. You know what came next? Hair products. Looked at all of that. I don't use any of these. Number one, I sometimes use this. Do these align with Amy? Because suddenly I tapped into what works for Amy. And and every time I tried to ask myself that question in the past, I went to, well, so-and-so said... No, now it's a direct question to me and every other voice is silenced. What works for Amy? I like this, I like this. This is how I like to feel. This is how I want my hair, blah, 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 blah. I stopped trying to answer these questions from the outside in. And I started to connect to me and silence everything around me. And all of a sudden, the tattoo thing emerged. And, and a million other things that I'm not going to get into, but I gave you some ideas so you get the point relationship stuff came up. Like, how am I showing up in this relationship? How am I showing up in this relationship? Why do I have these shoes in my closet? I'm actually staring at a pair right now that I'm like, why am I keeping these? Why do I have a giant bag of bathing suits that I just keep just because? Because somebody bought it for me, because it might... Are those my voices? What does Amy's voice say? This takes practice, obviously. But accessing your inner voice... And again, a word, a term, a saying, whatever that a lot of people talk about. But that's what that feels like. And that's what that means. Stop asking or looking for what's right and wrong outside of you and start connecting to your truth first. Then, oh, oh, she's going to connect the dots. Then it's easier to speak up and advocate for yourself, but it's also easier to have a healthy debate and feel confident in it and not attacked in it because you're grounded in your truth. Huh. All right, we're going to end there cuz I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to blow you up with too much more information. This was like solid. This was a solid dose of whew, right in your face. Take it. Soak it in. I'll see you next week.